பைபிள் ட்ரெஷர்ஸ் டாபிக் ஒன்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்ஸ்
repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Repentance and remission of sins in the name of Jesus, which means repentance and faith. That's what the Bible's message is. Now that the apostles very faithfully followed in all their preaching ministry. Turn with us for example to the inaugural message of Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost. Second chapter of Acts of the Apostles and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent, and he didn't stop there. Let every one of you to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. So here also repentance and faith. Now the next sermon of Apostle Peter, we read in the third chapter of Acts of the Apostles. Look at the 19th words. He said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Now when you come to the ministry of Apostle Paul, this was very crystal clearly spelt out. Read the 21st words to you. Here he was testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. In other words, this was a message both to the nominal Christians and non-Christians. What was the message? Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. This is about the preaching aspect of it. When it was presented to the church as a doctrine, for example, if you come with us to the foundational doctrines of Christ in Hebrews 6th chapter, if you look at the very first words, first it speaks about repentance from dead works, and immediately he says, and of faith towards God. Repentance and faith are inseparable. One leads to the other. Repentance prepares the heart to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Great evangelist by name D.L. Moody. He has given a beautiful statement combining these two acts. He says repentance is the tear in the eye of faith. A.W. Tozer, another great man of God, he says repentance is like exhalation. He says believing or faith is like inhalation. So he says when you repent, you exhale, and when you believe, you inhale. Exhalation and inhalation together, it becomes a breathing, isn't it? One is not complete without the other. Now I will tell you why we talk about this point so seriously. If repentance does not lead to faith, then it is disastrous. We want to present before you an awful example. Turn with us to Matthew's Gospel, 27th chapter. 
Here we read about Judas Iscariot who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll read from verse 3 onwards. Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was remorseful and he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. He told them, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. And in the fifth words we read, he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple. He went and he hanged himself. Now here was a man who felt sorry for what he did. He realized his mistake. He felt sorry for his mistake. He confessed his mistake. He even returned the money. Finally he hanged himself. That's why I said it was disastrous. If repentance does not lead to faith on Christ, it is only disastrous. Instead of going to the temple, he should have run to the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed to him. Now on the other hand, if you look at Simon Peter, sometimes think that the sin of Simon Peter was more grievous than the sin of Judas Iscariot. At least Judas Iscariot said, I know Jesus. And Simon Peter said, I don't know him. And he said it thrice and he even cursed his Lord. But what happened? Look at verses 61 and 62 of Luke's Gospel, 22nd chapter. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Then Peter went out and he wept bitterly. In other words, he believed the words of Jesus. He turned to Jesus. The eyes of Jesus and the eyes of Simon Peter met with each other. That is the gospel, beloved. Repent and believe. And when we say repent and believe, again, believing is not the stop of it. Repentance leads to faith. Faith must lead us to corresponding actions or works. I want to present before you a very interesting illustration. You know the story of the prodigal son. Now there was a father who had two sons. And the elder boy stayed at home. But the younger boy wanted his property to be partitioned to him. He went to a far country and he wasted himself. When he came to nothing, he came to the realization of where he was. Turn with us to Luke 15, 18th words onwards. He says, I will arise and go to my father. When did he say that? Look at the 17th words. Then he came to himself. And he realized his folly. Then he decides, I will arise and go. He did not stop with that decision. Many people take a decision, but they never execute the decision. Look at the 20th words. 
He came with a spirit of real humility and submission. Don't take me as your son, keep me as one of your servants. So beloved, this boy, if he continued there among the pigs and realized, oh, what a mistake I have committed, what a folly I have committed, that is not repentance. He must leave that. He must forsake that. You know, repentance or Christian life is actually leaving and cleaving. Now that's exactly what we should clearly understand. Now we cannot explain it better. In John's ministry, you know, sometimes we say John did not speak about faith. He spoke only about repentance. That is not exactly right. Now if you turn with us to Acts of the Apostles, the 19th chapter. And if you look at the fourth words, how Paul was interpreting John the Baptist's ministry. Look at the fourth words. Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people, they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So John was giving a baptism of repentance as a preparation for people to put their faith on Christ who would come after him. Not stop with that, he also insisted on corresponding action. Turn with us to Luke's Gospel, third chapter, the eighth verse. It says, Bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, prove your repentance by corresponding actions. So the Bible says in the 10th word, So the people asked him, What shall we do then? Immediately from verse 11 on to verse 14, he gives them 1, 2, 3, what all you must do. Groups of people were before him. Then there were publicans who were tax collectors. And there were policemen whom the Bible calls the soldiers. Now these were representative groups. They asked him what we must do. And what did he say? To the commoners he said if you got two shirts, give one shirt to the one who has none. To the tax collector he says you take the tax but don't collect the tips. And to the policeman, he said, because you have got that powerful position, don't intimidate people. He was trying to deal with them in practical terms as to how they should behave in their neighborhood and in their work spot. Yes, if it is a genuine repentance, it will show forth through corresponding action. Now we meet a group of people who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ in Acts of the Apostles, 19th chapter. This happened in the city of Ephesus. And the group was composed of both Jews and Greeks. And you know what they did when they got converted? Some of them were practicing magic. And when they repented and put their faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Immediately they brought all their magic books in front of everybody and they set fire to them. They burnt them. Might have cost them so much of money. But they never cared about it. Why? Now they have repented. They want to get rid of that old stuff. To the same church in Ephesus, later on, the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, He says, repent and redo your first works. How zealous you were. You brought your magic books and burnt them. Now what happened to the early zeal? That was the complaint that Jesus had against them. Beloved, repentance is actually a right about turn. Now it is a thorough dealing with our lifestyle. Message of John the Baptist. He said, every valley must be exalted. Not a few valleys, every valley should be exalted. And he says, every mountain should be brought low. Now that means, wherever we have gone down, we should come up. He says, wherever there are crooked paths, they all must be straightened up. And all the rough places must be smoothened. Now this is what a picture of repentance is. Thorough dealing of where we have gone down, where we are high-minded, where we are crooked, and where we are ups and down. And following repentance, there should be rehabilitation also. For example, if a man has a fractured leg, he undergoes an orthopedic surgery, and the next day he cannot run in Olympics. It takes time for him to recoup and then restore. There needs to be a lot of rehabilitation time. Suppose you are given to the habit of drinking. Or the habit of smoking. Or it can be, there can be 101 things like that. These are all addictive habits. And we should take time to rehabilitate ourselves. Otherwise, you know what will happen? Seven more evil spirits will come and occupy you. Wherever you are weak, you should try to strengthen that area. Knees are weak, strengthen your knees. Feet are weak, strengthen your feet. That was the message of Jesus Christ to the church in Sardis. Whichever is weak and about to die, you strengthen them. How not to repent? Do not exclude faith and works from repentance. Always we should go from repentance to faith and faith to works. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that has come to us with so such clarity today. Oh God, thank you that you want us to fully come back to you. Thank you for all the illustrations and pictures of repentance we have in the Holy Bible. Help us, oh God, to just follow those examples because, Lord, everything is returned for our instruction and our admonition. Thank you for this word again. Give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.